Fire and Bones podcast. I'm Michael Crosswhite, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I am Nathan Loudon, the pastor of Millwood Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. Follow the podcast, rate it. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. All right, there's been a lot of talk about the movie Turning Red uh, that's come out. Uh, it's really, it's is it, is it anything new? I mean, is, you know, has there not been a generation of Christians in the last few decades who haven't got upset about a movie? Here's the big tragedy of it all. The red panda is maybe my favorite animal in the entire world. And The red panda? Oh, my goodness. Do you not know this? Do you not know this no. about me? The red panda. No. Oh, Nathan. I probably knew it and then thought it was a joke and so forgot it. No. For <laughs> there was a there was a brief period for probably about, I don't know, 2 weeks maybe where the staff and I were texting <laughs> gifts of red pandas back and forth to each other and describing them in ministerial terms like what the pandas <laughs> were doing. They're the cutest animals in the history of mankind. They're adorable. And Absolutely, my favorite. So this is the real tragedy, is what I'm saying. Where are they from? What what nation? Right. Yep. Has red pandas? Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> you? What are you gonna? You at? What am I? A zoologist? <laughs> you asking about the history of red pandas? <laughs> I don't know. What is a red panda, Michael? Yeah. What is a red panda? Yeah. Exactly. It's <laughs> yes. It has a taxonomy and all that. You know. It's it's yes. <laughs> they do. They have one. Hmm. What's yeah. the Latin name yeah. for the Pandarus, Randarus, whatever, <laughs> whatever these animals are? <laughs> okay, so you, so you, a lot of people have issue with the movie Red Panda. Yours, my, you might be the only person I know who's upset that the Red Panda uh, has, has been used this way. So, and to be fair too, neither you nor myself have seen this film. Um. But we can we can go we can track Disney's history, uh, Marvel different films where um, a, a movie franchise crossed a line that the Christians didn't want to watch, did not want to support, uh, were divided over, did not know how to handle. Uh, uh, you told me recently that you guys got rid of uh, Disney at your home. Yeah, you just kind of canceled it altogether. What 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 led to that? For you guys, and I, I don't think you would prescribe that as a kind of law that all Christians should do to be right. faithful. Right. Um, why did you guys do that? Well, uh, for us, you know, there there's a ongoing support of like monthly payments that we're giving to, you know, organizations and industries that that are providing a service for us. And I think there's a way to communicate your disinterest in the service that they're providing by mm-hmm. opting out of that. And, you know, there there's several things that, that Disney as a company produces that I'm a fan of, that I, I, I quite like. Um, you know, my, my boys are really into the the newest Star Wars stuff, the, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, that series and... They've really enjoyed that, and we we clear play it. We we run it through a filter, you know, to kind of screen out some of the content that we're not as crazy about. But um, mm-hmm. especially, at least for their age. But um, you know, I, I they're they're kind of a big fan of it, and so I I kind of like that. And and I wanted to communicate, you know, in no uncertain terms, as if my, you know, measly dollars meant really anything to them. Um, that I was not interested in the stuff that they were putting out and the direction they were going. And there will probably be times where we opt in for a month to watch something and then opt out, you know, uh, but in the future. But uh, again, communicating that same kind of idea. And now canceling Disney Plus, obviously, my kids were like, you what? <laughs> wait, wait. Wait, you know, and there's still movies that they do that that I would buy. You know, there's movies that we like a lot that we watch regularly or, or routinely. Um, 
And even still, like even in some of those movies, some of them have messages that are subtle under undertones that, that I'm not crazy about, but you know, I think can, can be easily understood by our family and things like that. So I think that's more it than anything is just how do I express my vote um, to mm-hmm. a company as large as, as Disney? Well, I opt out, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in it. Yeah. We'll go elsewhere. Yeah. And, but you, and you definitely would not say like, you know, if you got a member of your church or a, a, another Christian that you know, who, um, like, like a friend you do a podcast with or something like that, who <laughs> they keep Disney plus, they keep watching it. They keep it. Uh, you would not say, yeah, you're in some kind of sin because you're supporting Babylon or something like that. Right. No, I don't know. Uh, I see no evidence in scripture that, um, that there's some sort of law of holiness as to whether you're, you know, whether you keep Disney plus or not, you know, so mm-hmm. I would not have the warrant to be able to say that. However, I would say that we as Christians probably do need to be a little bit more conscious on how we spend and where we spend and, and really think about spending in general. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a, a website out there that I think in an organization actually that I think is pretty uh pretty interesting in some of the stuff that they're doing um called second vote and they Mm -hmm. they basically have kind of broken down a lot of the major corporations in the world and Mm -hmm. sort of evaluated them on a five-point scale and one being they are they donate completely to liberal causes and when i say liberal i don't just mean politically liberal i mean like you know, Romans 1, 18 to 32, liberal kind of uh, rejecting God sort of direction. And, and that's, mm-hmm. you know, they're like a one and then all the way up to a, a five, meaning they're a solid organization that does really good good things that we should support. And so we can make our choices. You know, we, we can be informed and we can, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to, you know, well, I can't, you know, both Lowe's and Home Depot are are you know, totally in the bag for mm-hmm. abortion and things like this. So I can't buy hammers anymore. And, but, mm-hmm. but which of the two, which one is maybe less. So, you know, then I can make an informed decision. And I think that's, it's wise for us as Christians to be able to, to do that and to think that way. Yeah. So when it comes to, um, Christian engagement with, because it kind of sounds like this is, for you, the concern is not about, um, you know, what my kids see and hear, or it is beyond that to what kind of organization you support. Yeah. Which kind of brings up the question, should Christians, um, you know, wh- wh- what was that organization that, that was going around a while back? Second Vote reminds me of uh, the, the Shepherds. Shepherd's book or Shepherd's, uh, what's that called? Yeah, um, th- it's the Shepherd's book, and it's kind of like it's a it's a list of all the Christian organizations mm. in your area, yeah. so that you can you you've got your AC to get repaired. So you know what? Call the AC, call the Christian AC guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got electrician. You need to call electric, call the Christian electrician guy. How do you know well, he's got a fish <laughs> on his sign yeah. outside? So you know that he's a Christian. Uh, you, you've got a guy that has a scripture verse in his byline so that you know he's going to be a good car salesman. So you can go to that guy and support support that guy. Yeah. Um, second vote reminds me of that kind of, <clears throat> you're going to go spend money, give your money to Christians. Is that what you're... No. Is that what you're kind of getting at? Is that what second vote is getting at? No. I, I, like if I, if I have a plumber come to my house, I want the plumber to do the very basic job of plumbing yeah and i want them to be really good at it now if the guy yeah. is an atheist or he's a christian but he's the best at what he does that's who i want fixing my pipes you know but if that that changes i think if hiring that person to fix my pipes comes with all of his atheistic ideology Mm-hmm. I think there's a difference there. 
if mm-hmm. if me hiring him to fix my pipes is also me listening to a 30 minute lecture on the values of atheism mm-hmm. then now we're in a different it's a totally different conversation mm-hmm. um i don't think it's necessary for christians to only find christians to do to do work for them you know that's you know that's not at all what and i don't think that's what second vote is even saying you know second mm-hmm. vote is kind of going if you have a choice of where to buy a computer or if you have a choice of where to buy a hammer mm-hmm. and your choices are Lowe's and Home Depot, mm-hmm. why not go with the one who is less pushing agendas and ideologies that are antithetical to Christianity? Mm-hmm. And why not communicate that to these corporations and say, I went with Home Depot or I went with whomever because they're less in that direction than mm-hmm. Lowe's. I'm just using those two as examples, but because I know those are on second vote, but I think that's more the, the idea, you know, mm-hmm. I, here I am giving Disney, what, what is it? $7 a month or something like that for Disney mm-hmm. plus. And the way they take my money and the content that they then produce with in part my money is not something that I I really want to support. I want to support mm-hmm. a lot less. And they obviously know whatever what it is that our family watches. They know what they mm-hmm. introduced and when our subscription got canceled. You know, they know mm-hmm. if we ever do opt in and what we watch when we opt in. Like there's algorithms that that figure all of those kinds of things out. And so they can clearly see that, you know, the Star Wars content we really liked the other stuff we don't really care for that much, you know? And mm-hmm. so if I can communicate that to a company in some way, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to try, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So did you, you didn't feel the need to like write a letter, let them know this is, this is why we're, this is why cross whites are out. <laughs> See ya. Uh, you know, it honestly, I, I say all that, but probably most of it doesn't even really have anything to do with communicating anything to Disney. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, yeah, if they were able to kind of, you know, read the, the charts, you know, that these algorithms produce, then maybe they might see that like, hey, this is probably not such a big hit for us. There's a lot of people jumping mm-hmm. off. Okay, maybe. Mm-hmm. But really, it's more from like just a family's perspective. What do we let in our home? What do we, you know, what do we filter out? What mm-hmm. things do we watch? What do we give our time mm-hmm. and attention to? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's you know, we've told our kids a number of times that your friends are going to see things and they're going to talk about things that you've never seen and that we don't really talk about. Mm-hmm. And the reason is we're, we're strange. We're, we're weird. And we recognize mm-hmm. that we're going to be weird mm-hmm. for, to your friends. We're going to be weird to people that you meet in the future. Um, because there's certain things that we don't find valuable. And we think it, the direct application of scripture to our family is to think about things that are pure, holy, good, um, and think about even if they are inherently, you know, not good things. How do we understand them in mm-hmm. light of scripture? I think that's the yeah. that's the real challenge. And so, you know, it, it's not so much of like a prohibition, like we're we're we're. <coughs> you know, we're never going to watch these sorts of things or we're never going to do that. But more, how do I help my kids develop a filter or a, uh, a, a sensibility where they can think through these things um, in a biblical way? I mean, that's that's really all we're trying to do. And if I can communicate to my family, look, this was a line for us. Maybe uh, is it a? It's, I guess it's a red line, but <laughs> this is a mm, mm, uh, you mm. know, pun intended. Mm. Uh, red panda line. This yep, is a red. This is a. This is where the line turned red, um, and um, you know we we just don't want to. We we feel like they went too far, and we want to uh, just you know not have that as a part of our family, and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that comes with hurdles and that comes with obstacles and, and honestly inconveniences. Uh, and, and it may be even more expensive to buy the movie that we really do like, as opposed to just mm-hmm. giving a monthly, you know, fee for all the movies and stuff. But, um, you know, that's 
what we'll have to do then, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. but you guys are obviously keeping it. So y'all are, you know, y'all so are clearly centers, not wanting yeah, to send so that message. But We don't care about our kids too much. We just, <laughs> we just watch whatever you want. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, uh, I brought this up after this, you know, hearing about this film. And for me, it's not, I think the, the helpful illustration that you brought up is the the plumber, the car salesman, uh, just sell me a car. And, and in fact, I think a helpful passage to me is 1 Corinthians 5. I, years ago, before I was listening to uh, podcasts regularly, I was uh, more listening to the radio in my car. Like they had this thing called the, like an antenna that would like receive a signal in the air. You could just hear Can like radio shows. Can you speed it up 3X? Lot. You couldn't speed it up three times. You had to listen to it in real time. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> I was listening to a show. They were talking about boycotting uh, Home Depot because home because of Home Depot's uh, insurance coverage of homosexual partners. And so the right. the radio host, a pastor, a Christian, uh, someone was calling on all Christians to just boycott Home Depot. Yeah. Don't go to Home Depot, boycott Home Depot entirely because of what they were doing. And we all need to go to Lowe's or McGregor's or your you know local Ace Hardware or whatever. And I remember I called in. You know how you could used to be able to call. That's the thing about podcasts. You can't call into podcasts if they're recorded unless they're live. So I called into this show, and and my thought was – go ahead. What are you, what are you thinking? I, I, I can't remember the last time I used a phone to make a call. <laughs> so go ahead. No, I'm just kidding. So I call into the show, which this, I mean, this is how high tech it was. I was on my cell phone driving and I called into uh, this radio show and I just, I brought up first Corinthians five where the brother who's sexually immoral is removed from the, from the church. And, and Paul gives the church this instruction. I wrote to you in my letter, not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the sexual immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. (laughs) In other words, you'd have to leave this planet to find people uh, who are just totally sexually pure, not greedy, not swindlers. Paul's point was, I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother. If he is guilty, and that is, I think Paul means if he was habitually unrepentant about sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, a reveler, a drunkard, swindler, that these things define that brother who claims right. to be a Christian. And and I just, I just looked at that and I just thought, I, when I go to a store, I don't just, I don't just, I'm not just investing in them financially, mm-hmm. right? I, I'm going into the store uh, and I'm going to have to ask for help to find to find a hammer. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to ask where the nails are. I'm going to have to ask somebody what what type of nails am I supposed to use for this project I'm doing. I'm going to have to go to the checkout line, or at least you know, ten years ago, and see a person in the checkout line. Now you just check out by yourself. Um, but I'm going to see see people. So it's just there's so many levels of ways to think about interaction with people. You know, what, I'm, what am I going to go over to Lowe's and go? and go visit all the holy people over there right. and go give my money to the really holy organization over there? No, absolutely yeah. not. Paul would say there's no way that you could do that. That that's not what that's not what that means. So when it comes to buying a product, I'm I'm not going to Home Depot for righteousness. I'm not going to Home Depot for holiness and purity as a Christian. Uh, obviously we know you know what we support with our money is a means of worship, just like giving to the church is a, is a means of worship in financially supporting your pastor, the, the mission of the church. But when it comes to the, the issue for me with Disney that I'm thinking through right now is what are they selling me? Mm-hmm. What's the product that I'm buying? When I go to Home Depot, I buy a hammer. What's your insurance policy for your employees? You know, based on your conviction for me, that's that doesn't seem to be um, something I, I am knowingly supporting. You know, every time I buy a product, right? right. But Disney is selling a worldview. Yeah, that's well, their product. They're not just making movies for entertainment. These and it's not just Disney. We're, we're talking about Disney because Turning Red has come out, and this has been a question. Um, but in, increasingly, the film industry 
is telling new narratives or picking a narrative about what is meaningful, about what is righteous, about what is good, and they are celebrating that narrative. Yeah. And so it's it's not like it's a kind of Wikipedia page about a worldview. And I'm going to have a conversation with my children about that. It is a narrative, an intriguing, beautiful, colorful, humorous, exciting, sad story that communicates a worldview. It's a training. It's a discipling of the mind, discipling of the heart, where for an hour and a half, they grip the heart. They inform the mind, which is shaping the person. Um, and so it's it's not about do we support those bad things or not those bad people. Uh, it's about what what is this – am I going to buy a worldview and am I going to bring that into my home? Would I, would I bring this into my family devotion at night and make it a part of my family devotion? Or is it so contrary to what I would do in my family devotion – what I would say, teach, lead, form towards, uh, that it is, it, it's counter, it's opposite, it's, it's an opposing of what I'm trying to disciple my kids and knowing God's word and knowing the Lord and walking in righteousness uh, with him so that now I bring in, uh, I bring in an, an opposing force to what I'm trying to do as, as a parent. Yeah. Um, and so, and I think what I hear you saying is that that happens so much, yeah. And so many, it's not like there's that one film that hey guys we're just not going to watch that film, but there's so much of that that uh, we just we should check out. Yeah, I think so. For me, it's not yeah exactly. It's not a um, it's not an issue of what are the values of the company necessarily. Um, it's really a didactic problem. What are they able to teach? What am I giving them permission to teach? Um, movies have forever. Movies and TV shows have mm-hmm. forever. This that's the premise of a story is that it teaches. Yeah. It's got a point to make. Um, Jesus walked around teaching in parables for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he describes that reason, but there, there's another even, I think, uh, another obvious reason is that you communicate in stories to help communicate a point to get a point across Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. makes a powerful point when you can put it in images which is kind of what you're saying and Mm -hmm. with that power of teaching you're giving license to the teacher to communicate to your children or to your family a message and really from for the disney thing from my family it's a, I see what direction your teaching is going, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't want to be a part of it. And if at the very beginning, well, maybe it's not the beginning, but, it, but it's at least a significant step that they've taken. Uh, if I can um, communicate loudly my disapproval of that and not mm-hmm. give any license to your teaching in my family then I'm going to do mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, there's a there's probably a neglect on my part and maybe the part of many families to actually uh, be the main teacher when we watch all these other movies. So we we, mm-hmm. we let uh, whatever movie it is we, we watch, yeah. you know. Frozen, Aladdin, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are we yeah. at the end of that framing the teaching that's just gone on for our family? Mm-hmm. Do we actually stop and go, let's think about what the problem was in this movie and did mm-hmm. they get it right? Is that true? Is that really the problem? So if the mm-hmm. movie portrays the parents as the problem, which I think is one of the many issues with this movie, though I, I admit I haven't seen it, um, but what I've heard is that the kind of the parent plays the role of the villain from the very mm-hmm. beginning. And uh, it, it, am I then framing helping my children understand if they do watch it okay is is that true are the parents the enemy here are they the real Mm -hmm. enemy in your life Mm -hmm. um you know and and what is the real problem you know 
and mm-hmm. are we understanding it in, in gospel application? Then what what was the solution? What did they what did they end up getting to? Was the sol- uh, solving of the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and is that the way the gospel actually defines the solution to the problem? You know, right. what is what are they teaching versus what is true? Am I helping my family actually understand that? And so I think that that's really the biggest thing for me in the way that I even think about how we're filtering out content or whatever. I'm not just wanting my kids to not hear any cuss words. And, right. and I think that's so many parent. I think we all struggle in that direction of going, you know, I, I'd really just want to keep my kids from learning any of the bad words. Well, yeah. they're going to learn the bad words. You know, yeah. it's really a question of, uh, do have I taught my kids to have a framework for how we understand these words and mm-hmm. what, what, purpose they actually serve what function they have do they actually Mm -hmm. have a purpose is there in some cases there are words that have a good use and a bad use do we Mm -hmm. understand that the word can Mm -hmm. have multiple functions um you know even just thinking about the word uh damned that that has Mm -hmm. a that there is actually a a useful function for that word Mm -hmm. that that uh damnation is a a curse you know Mm -hmm. But then there's a, a improper way of using that. And so mm-hmm. am I teaching my kids to not just look at a word and just blank it out? That, that's a word we can't say. But mm-hmm. actually understand how those words are, are formed and their function and their, their yeah. purpose. And do they have a filter for those things so that when they encounter those, they, they actually understand it through a Christian worldview. It's the same yeah. for words. It's the same for ideas. It's the same for thoughts teaching them to actually look at a movie and say, what was the problem? Evaluate that on the merits of the gospel. Then what was the yeah. solution? Evaluate that on the merits of the gospel. Yeah. And, and did and, they get it right? Yeah. And when you're, when your child's five watching turning red, or if your child's right. uh, 12 watching frozen, or, you, you have to discern, can, can my kids discern the difference? Right. Have they been discipled enough by me? Uh, and by God, by the Spirit, in the Word, to to know the difference. And I right. I've talked to parents like this. Like it, it is like trying to teach a child how to use a knife. We want our kids to have knives right. in their hands to cook, uh, to start a fire, to cut something free. Did you say to start a fire with a knife? I don't. I don't know. I'm start just start a fire with a knife. <laughs> How do you think, start a fire with a think knife? Think of something else you do with knives. <laughs> start but, I mean, I'm sure I can was figure it out. To your mind. We were in the woods. <laughs> we could, I, I I don't know. Listen, okay, can we can we get back to what I was trying to say? All right, I, I'm I'm really curious how you start a fire. You see where the illustration is going, though. <laughs> Sorry, well, but the point is, I want my kids to have knives, but I'm not going to give it to them in their hands when they're one. Right. Uh, maybe when they're five with me, we'll do some things together. Or we'll start with when a butter eight, knife or something like that. Yeah. And when they're eight, I will send them out into the yard to do something with the knife and then bring it back to me and I'll hold on to it. And then when they're 14, they get their own knife and they get to hold it and keep it and put it in their drawer. I don't know. Maybe that's a, too young, too old. I don't know. The point is, we, we do the same with worldview and teaching and discipling. Can my. Is my child mature enough in the Lord, mature enough in years to discern this? Mm-hmm. And at some point, you ha- you can't you you can't just be a monk and go up into the mountains and not live in the right. world. Right. Uh, you cannot. That is not an option to be faithful to Christ, to be an evangelist, to uh, be a true disciple in the world. So at some point, you're going to have to sit down and, and hold the knife together. At some point, you have to sit down and watch these shows together. Uh, and and one of the one of the ways uh, I think I think Colette is probably better about this than our fa- in our family than I am, but just when you're driving around anywhere, see anything, you go to a mall, you see an advertisement, you're, you're driving on the road, you you hear a song sung. Uh, hey guys, what do you think about that? What did you think when you saw that? What did you hear when you heard that? Um, I mean, the, these things are happening all the time in the world. Uh, we have. Uh, neighbors of ours uh, that are not traditional uh, families. What do we think about that? How about we talk about that? Uh, we 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 inter- you know help introduce our kids into the conversation about what's going on uh, in the world. 
Um, but when you're when you're five and you're watching big, colorful, humorous on-screen worldview training, uh, it's very difficult as a parent to go back in there and having enjoyed it, received it, internalized it, loved it, laughed at it, to then undo that. Right. It's like it's like putting a poison in and then trying to have a surgery where we go get it out. Right. And it's kind of like, well, maybe we should just not drink it right now. And, and we whatever, should just learn and, to discern later. And whatever you teach at that moment is not going to be nearly as compelling as what they've just seen on screen. Oh yeah, and that's that's, that's kind of like such a downer. Yeah, right. That's the issue. It's yeah. the it's kind of if we could describe it maybe as the primacy of the teaching in our home. Who gets the yeah. first say? Because yeah. really, what I want to do is lay the groundwork first. I want to lay the foundation for how they. So, like turning red, I think has a lot of talk in it about. Uh, I think menstrual cycles. I think is a big like the, mm-hmm. that's the the kind of underlying yeah. thing. Yep. Um, I know my body, my choice has a has kind of a, a mm-hmm. primary message in the in the uh, movie, and mm-hmm. so I'm wanting my kids to first from me understand all of those things, the functions of the body and the the uh, and uh, good uses for the body, bad uses. What what is the you know the message coming uh, in regards to abortion, from, you know, and and those kinds of things. I want them to understand, have a framework, have a Christian framework for understanding those things, so that then when they see a message from Disney about such content, they're able to go, that's false. What they just said, or what mm-hmm. they're trying to teach me is not. That's not true. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, rem- I remember watching. I don't know what we were watching a while back, but we had we were going through the Book of Jeremiah with our students on Wednesday night, and where Jeremiah talks about not you know people listening to their own hearts, prophets prophesying from their own hearts, and uh, we brought up with students how you know this is the message of the world. Listen to your heart. Go inward to find truth. Go inward to find uh, direction and counsel. And a few days later, uh, our, our kids were uh, watching a show, and I heard uh, my oldest from the other room go, "Dad, they're they're doing the listen to your heart thing again in the show." <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I've ever felt so much pride as a father just yeah. to feel like there's a discernment, uh, a recognition of a biblical principle uh, out in the world somewhere, yeah, right. And I, I was been I've been reading uh, I, I'm in Revelation I'm gonna finish that on June 5th Lord willing after a short break here for Easter but I've started reading for Proverbs we're gonna go through Proverbs this summer and something when that comes to mind is you say you're gonna go through is, Proverbs does that mean you're gonna like do a sermon on Proverbs the and first do ten sermons on something else okay then... we're done I'm done <laughs> so, we're only gonna do the first nine <laughs> chapters of Proverbs ah gotcha. So that way we don't. That way we won't miss any. But as I'm reading yeah. through Proverbs, uh, a phrase has come to my mind. I just I keep thinking of it as like practical holiness, like it's it's God's God's word, God's righteousness made most practical. Uh, some it's easier fruit to kind of pick up. Sometimes it's easier to understand. Sometimes it and you know having revelation than picking up Proverbs. It's like. You know, I, I, my mind has to switch genres. It, it, it's been uh, disorienting a little bit. But one of the things that has caught my attention, just thinking, you know, last week we just preached in Revelation about the about Christ, the King, who is coming with the sword in his mouth, the eyes of flame. He sees all things, knows all things. Uh, his robe is dipped in uh, either his own blood uh, for sinners, and we go these these images, and in the flow of the narrative of history, the, the flow of God's revelation, we've got Proverbs. Wisdom for the people of God, helping us discern the difference between being in Christ, saved by Christ in eternity, and the difference between uh, being overcome by Christ uh, in, in the very end. And part of getting us there is the deposit of wisdom, the deposit of the the Proverbs. And here's something I've found striking as I've read through the first um, 
really just 10, 20 chapters of Proverbs in great de- greater detail, is the father-son relationship in the first nine chapters. Constantly, uh, every new section is beginning with a father saying, Son, hear my instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. Son, listen to my words. Wisdom is calling out on the street. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. So we've got over and over and over, all through the first nine chapters, my son, don't forget my teaching. Let your heart keep my commandments. I, I just It just made me think it's already hard enough in all of history for a father to get the attention of his son's heart. Mm-hmm. It's just already difficult. There is something about being a boy and being a little girl <laughs> that you have to get their attention. Mm-hmm. You have to sit down shoulder to shoulder, face to face, and look at them and say, listen to me. Mm-hmm. And, and they're going to be watching, your, like your life is the worldview training. Your, your life is the movie. Your family devotion is the worldview training for what is right, what is good. And I'm reading through Proverbs, and I've just been thinking, like, it's already hard enough to get the heart of my kids for, for the Lord and, and get their attention. Why, why bring in more voices? Right. Into my home and into their hearts and into their minds when I'm trying so hard to get my kids to get wisdom to come into their hearts, to get God's yeah. wisdom to come into their hearts. Our, our kids only have so many hours a day. They've only got so much space in their hearts, mm-hmm. right? They've got one heart, and, and something's going to go in there. Mm-hmm. And so trying to make sure that I as much as I'm able, are, are very careful because I'm, I, I right now, and with my, my kids' age uh, for the, for the you know, several years to come and right now, I'm the gatekeeper mm-hmm. for my kids' hearts. That's m- part of my job mm-hmm. is not just to say let anything get in there and then we'll have a conversation about it, but I'm the gatekeeper about what gets in their hearts mm-hmm. and what, what gets in their minds. Right now, that's not to say that I'll just keep them safe from ever seeing things or hearing things. No, no, no. I want to prepare them to see and hear all kinds of well, evil and, and also be able what's to going discern. In, what's going in their hearts from you is also going mm-hmm. to be in part sinful stuff. <laughs> I mean, you're not perfect, yeah. and so oh yeah. So yep. you know that that's that's the other you know thing of it, and and I think too, like for a long time, Christian parents have been focused on sheltering their kids protecting Mm -hmm. them from you know all all this information or whatever and Mm -hmm. that was kind of the primary task that they kind of saw as their goal is to kind of shelter their kids or 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 keep them you know protected from encountering all these things and that's that's really not it you know Mm -hmm. the idea is actually to put as you're saying as you're saying put into their hearts proper Mm -hmm. training and just recognizing that you're always, Mm -hmm. always being taught. Whether we listen to a podcast or a song or watch a movie or we read a Mm -hmm. book or whatever we do, we're always constantly being taught. Mm -hmm. And if we recognize that as kids, Mm -hmm. our kids are sponges and they're taking in whatever they take in first kind of gets that that primary spot of teaching in Mm -hmm. their heart. And and so it's not, I don't want to, I'm not necessarily trying to shelter them from the world. I'm trying to teach them first a proper framework for viewing the world. And then mm-hmm. once they walk out into the world, actually let them test it. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, but going back to your analogy with the knife outside of starting fires with it, because that's ridiculous, but, uh, <laughs> but, but go ahead, go ahead. I can take it. But there's a reason that an eight year old who grows up in the country with guns everywhere and mm-hmm. can take a shotgun out and go hunting with it or whatever mm-hmm. and use it properly, not point it at anybody and, and mm-hmm. handle it in a wise way. Mm-hmm. And a kid that grows up in the city might be 13 and still not know how to do that. 
mm-hmm. know, because they've grown up around it. They have a proper framework for what guns do and what their function is, or knives for that matter. Or, you know, the list goes on. And they've been taught properly how to handle these things. And then they, then they can apply those at a younger age. And I think the same is true for our kids. You know, our job as parents is not necessarily to protect them from everything, but more to be the primary teacher, to go, to get in there first, to lay Mm -hmm. the groundwork for Christianity and explain all of the, the, the worldview, uh, how to view the world around us so that when they go when we have watched those movies or we have, mm-hmm. you know, watch movies with that have profanity in them or, or whatever they might have in them, whatever content they might have in them, they have a framework for how they view it. And, and I, you know, I have three kids and I can tell you there, uh, you know, one of them, I would, I would trust to be able to watch a movie that had, you know, some, you know, mild profanity in it and be able to watch that and understand what that is and understand why, I don't really want to say those those words or how, why that's not part of my regular everyday language. But I have mm-hmm. an, another kid that would probably be more inclined toward repeating what's what what he sees on the screen. And so so it's my job to lay the groundwork in their heart first for understanding those things before we let another teacher come in and and I cede ground to that teacher. It's the very reason why we homeschool. It's not necessarily to protect them, but it's because as we looked at the landscape of schooling, we saw mm-hmm. I could potentially cede eight hours of teaching time to a person whose worldview I totally disagree with, who has the opportunity to to lay the foundation first. Uh, or we could do it ourselves. And yeah. we could lay that groundwork first so that when they're exposed to other things, they, they have a, a, right. a lens to be able to look at it. And so yeah, it's and more of that, that than anything that, else. Yeah, that's a helpful illustration for us. It's, you know, homeschooling our kids is not uh, about protecting them forever from bad things so that they don't do bad things and think bad things. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to the Home Depot illustration, when I go to Home Depot, I'm going to go buy a hammer, right? When... When I send my kids to school, I want them to learn math and English and history and science. Uh, But increasingly, schools are allowing and teaching. So, for example, uh, Austin ISD just had LGBTQIA uh, week this week with a different theme every day. Uh, through uh, all of their high schools uh, in the in the district that's going on this week, so that it's it, I'm not just sending my kids to school for a, a general kind of liberal arts education. It's it's a world it's a worldview training center, uh, and uh, I'm te- want my kids to have the freedom to make their own decisions, uh, freedom to look at the world with uh, their own eyes and their own discernment, uh, but it's also my job to teach them about the Lord, teach them about the Word, so that then they can go out into the world with the Word, uh, having having raised them, as Proverbs says, in in the way of righteousness as a, ch- as a child, so that uh, they can they can then discern those things. Well, and that's Deuteronomy uh, six, right? I mean, that mm-hmm. if you if you, um, if if you look at what Moses is telling the people in Deuteronomy six. Mm-hmm. Um, he's essentially saying that um, he, uh, you know, obviously starts here, O Israel, the Lord is your the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Uh, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. So he sets the command for them that this is how you need to operate. Mm-hmm. And these com- these words that I command shall be on your heart. But then he says in verse seven, you shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. So he's, he's essentially setting the parameters for how you actually teach your kids, what the teaching method is for, uh, I mean, obviously the Jewish people, but we would read that now as as Christians in the same in a similar light, how we as Christians teach our kids, and he in the the diligence that we pay to it is when we walk down the road 
or when we stay home, when we mm-hmm. rise or when we mm-hmm. when we go to sleep. Like mm-hmm. all, all of the time in between, he's saying all of the areas in life that you encounter are opportunities to teach your kids, and you have to be the first ones in there. You have to mm-hmm. teach them diligently, lay the foundations mm-hmm. for those diligently so that they can even begin to think about um, the world mm-hmm. around them and understand it through a, through a mm-hmm. Christian lens. And, mm-hmm. and then he, sa- he gets all the way down to verse 20, and he says, when your son asks you in time to come, mm-hmm. what is the meaning of these testimonies and the statutes mm-hmm. and rules that the Lord your God has commanded you? He, mm-hmm. he, you've already, and then he goes into the story. We were we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and, and the Lord brought us out. So he's you, you've already laid down such a foundation that that makes sense to him mm-hmm. as to why we actually practice these things the way we do. It makes sense that when you describe the problem that we face in the world is sin, the solution is the, God, the good news of Jesus Christ dying in our place, rising from the dead, that we could have eternal life. What we find so often is that when we watch these movies, they actually expose the problem. They realize that death is a problem. Death is not natural. It's not normal. It's sad. Something mm-hmm. wrong has happened to us. And you'll find that over and over in Disney movies and all kinds of secular movies that they so many times do expose the problem. It's mm-hmm. the solution that they often mm-hmm. get very, very wrong. But mm-hmm. they do expose the problem. You can help them see, this is what I've been telling you. They're pointing mm-hmm. to the same problem. I've been telling you from the beginning that sin is a problem and sin brings about death and death mm-hmm. is an issue. And, yeah. and and we can't overcome it, and Christ did. They get the solution wrong, but the problem may be right, or whatever. Yeah. We're giving them a framework for understanding the world that they're looking at. You know? Yeah, and we, we talked about this when I was in uh, Tuscaloosa a couple of weeks ago, that so often movies are so good and so intriguing because they're they're getting at, they're feeling, they're, they're looking at kind of a... A version of the reality of the world, sacrificial love, um, you know, the husband-wife romantic relationship. There, there are so many things about uh, the nature of reality. Christ for His bride, the Church, King coming to rescue her. That these kind of show up, and and real, like you said, real. The real problem of man shows up in so, so many ways. So, for for example, I thought the movie Encanto was a, a great movie. In fact, we had a, a dinner setting uh, at our our table. I think our kids had watched it a few days earlier, maybe. Um, and and I just I just walked through. I said, guys, this is the book of First Corinthians. Encanto is the book of First Corinthians, right? You have a father figure at the beginning. He dies for the entire community. It turns into a light. That light gives gifts to everyone in the family. And then everyone begins to identify themselves as their gifts and think that their gifts are more important than you know who they really are. And then uh, you very end, you have someone, is it the, the grandmother uh, or the main character saying, you know, you are not your gift. I'm like, that's 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. Quit identifying yourself as, you know, better or worse because of your gift, right? That's the, the Christian church getting weird, confused about their their gifts. You also have the prophecy in Bruno receiving the prophecy about the future, and everyone couldn't tell in First Corinthians is prophecy the most important? Is it unimportant? Uh, so there's just so many things that play that are they're not weird. They're not strange from life, and they're actually very very close to it. Uh, and so there's there, there's there are redemptive qualities uh, to, uh, media and narratives and stories of all kinds that aren't inherently Christian that we can, that we can talk about and, and listen to. Um, but even there, even in, um, in Conto, there's conversations to have, uh, about what this means, uh, what, what true love is, what true sacrifice, what is, what does it mean to be selfish, uh, you know, enter God into the world. Uh, this is a, God-owned, God-ruled world. So, what does he say? What is what is? How does this depict reality, versus how is it different uh, from reality? And when when it comes down, here's a, here's a a sentence I think is helpful, where uh, in Proverbs three, you have another father-son relationship. The father says, "My son, do not forget my teaching. But let your heart 
keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. So steadfast love and faithfulness instead, bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Write them on the tablet. And, and I, so I think he's not referring to the digital tablet where you download things, but a stone tablet where you, you take the time to etch and chisel this into your heart so that it's not just something you understand, but something that gets etched into your heart forever. And so when you do this, if, you're, if you have steadfast love and faithfulness, you have the teaching of your Father and of the Lord in your heart, you'll find favor and good success, or you will be uh, profitable in your efforts. Not that you're going to be rich, but in your reputation and who you are, uh, you will uh, be a good man in the sight of God and man, Proverbs 3, 4. So getting the, the whole of Proverbs is trying to move God's Word into the heart, not just kind of the mind, but move it into the heart so it shapes the person. And everything that we engage our kids in is a part of that. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to write something on the heart. It's going to put something on the heart, and it's, it's extremely confusing at best. Uh, for the heart to kind of let the world etch things into our hearts and then us have to come and try to re-etch something else. Mm. Um, you know, like we, we in digital world now, you can type and delete and scratch and edit and all kinds of things. But, I mean, just, just imagine typing a message into a rock and then realizing, you know what, actually, I want to I delete that. Well, you're, you've got hours of rock chiseling to do. <laughs> before you can chisel a new message in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've got Proverbs saying, write these on your heart. Let let this be what gets etched in there. And I think we both say there's there's no promise here that if you do everything right as a parent, your kids are just going to turn out nope. one way. We're obviously trusting the sovereignty of God. We're trusting the work of the Spirit and of God's Word. So much as you have control over your kids' hearts, uh, we get to help write, etch, uh, and... Uh, kind of concrete into their hearts the, the Word of God and the Gospel of God. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's true of doctrine. That's true of that's true of everything. It's our responsibility mm-hmm. to lay down the foundations of doctrine in their in their hearts so that when they encounter things that are heretical, things that are uh, wrong, things that are untrue, that they have a framework to look at them. And mm-hmm. I think that's true, too, of, of even the universities and the colleges that we send our kids to. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it is still uh, a, a you know, normal thing, I think, for kids to go to, to go to colleges. And there's some universities that are better than others. And some mm-hmm. of those universities that are really good at teaching, you know, medicine and, and law mm-hmm. and things like that are also antithetical to Christ. And so you're put in a position where if your kid really wants to be a doctor— um, mm-hmm. their options as far as schools go are probably not going to be Christian. So how is it that mm-hmm. we're going to send them off into a world where they're going to be inundated with whatever it is, evolutionary biology, or if it's, you know, or, or, you know, CRT and the legal practices or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, how do we prepare them to be able to see those things and have a proper framework? Well, it's possible that they leave and the, competing worldview wins out you know that's possible Mm -hmm. you know it's possible Mm -hmm. that after all this training my kids leave and go to school and they adopt a a framework of of viewing life that is you know antithetical to christ um and it happens all the time but Mm -hmm. at the very least my goal as a christian is to make them aware of what it is that they're doing Mm -hmm. and to know that um, you know, my dad, my parents did, did teach me a a Christian worldview. I know it Mm -hmm. well. I understand the way that they think. And, you know, for me to neglect that is most assuredly to cede ground to, um, a worldview that's antithetical to Christ. Mm -hmm. But I at least want to give my kids a, uh, an opportunity to understand 
proper doctrine and mm-hmm. what it actually means to be a Christian. Yeah. So that they, at the very least, understand what they're rejecting, if indeed mm-hmm. they do reject it. Yeah, and I, and I think there's kind of an understanding out there in some today that we shouldn't indoctrinate our kids with Christian things. We should just kind of hold up the Christian ideals and you know, hold up Buddhism and hold up other worldviews and kind of uh, you know let let them kind of make up their own minds and don't be too uh, don't don't be too uh, don't don't be too pushy with them. Don't be too um, which couldn't be less biblical. It could not be further from the truth. <laughs> right. I mean, it it is, when you go to the book of Psalms, you find Psalm 78, the whole point of the psalm is to tell the next generation. So you've got Psalm 78, verse 1, Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Include, incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old. I think it's referring to all the, the mess-ups, all the dark things that God did. Uh, the hard things that God did to his people when they sinned against him, things that we have heard and known what our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from our children, but will tell the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And it goes through the rest of the psalm just saying, just walking from uh, Jacob all the way to uh, the Exodus, walking and just showing how when they sinned, God's wrath was fired against them. And so we're, we're supposed to teach them that, not just kind of uh, let them wander around and figure out on their own. Kind of, you know, go into the kitchen and just go play with the knives. Go, in, go into the kitchen and, and play with all the tools, and you just figure it out on your own. Yeah. That's not biblical. That's right. not parenting right. uh, in, a, in a righteous way. Uh, toward toward the Lord, they they tested God, they provoked God. Look what happened, son. And we, I think that's we, what we're we supposed inherently to understand the danger of the gun. We understand the danger of the knife, but I don't think right. we inherently understand the danger of teaching and how mm-hmm. powerful it actually is. Right, shaping the understanding, the thought, the choices that an individual will make years down the road. I mean, mm-hmm. God arranged. Just think about this. God arranged Mm -hmm. the gospel of salvation to be taught to people. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it was through teaching that he opens the ears and eyes. And it's Mm -hmm. through, it's, it's, that's how he arranged our Sunday morning services that our Mm -hmm. songs, our prayers, our sermons, our reading of scripture would be teaching. Mm -hmm. When Jesus came, he was a teacher. Mm hmm. God sees the foundational uh, uh, importance of teaching Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and even instructed us to teach our kids. So we understand the danger of improper use of a gun and the danger of improper use of a knife and weapons and things like that. But Mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for us to grasp that teaching is also has an inherent dangerous component to it. And, um, and so it, it, I, you know, I double down on saying it's, it's fundamental to our mm-hmm. job as, as parents to be the yeah, teachers of our kids. We're, we're foolish to think that we go to church and we do Christian things. We're doing Bible devotion at night, that those things are affecting the heart and those things are training the mind and those things are discipling our kids. But when we go watch movies, we're just watching movies. Right. When we go out into the world and go to concerts, we're just going to concerts, having fun. Uh, that those things aren't etching anything onto the tablets of our hearts. Right. It just couldn't be. And we know better. Right. We know better. It is. Everywhere we go, something's trying to uh, write on our hearts and write mm-hmm. on our minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, being careful about that is just a way to be faithful to the Lord. Yeah. Uh, with our with our kids and with our, I mean, and it's convicting for, for parents in our own minds. What are we watching? What are, what are we inputting? What do, what do we allow, and how do we disciple our kids by what we're allowing mm-hmm. in our home? That uh, that could be a, a good convicting thought to maybe end on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was good. So uh, go cancel Disney Plus, and then we'll, uh, we can be friends again. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you next week. See you, man.
Thanks for listening to the Fire and Bones podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, consider subscribing or following the show on your favorite listening platform so you can be notified every time a new episode is released. Consider leaving us a generous review if that's an option for you. And most importantly, share this podcast with someone that you think might benefit from it. Be sure to check the show notes for any relevant links, including our contact information. Feel free to reach out to us with any questions you might have. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Fire and Bones podcast. Thank you.